Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Jim Rats and Joints, hosted by Javon Shepard, Andy Routens, and Dan Gladman, with producer Dan Wong and me, Jeff Cole. On today's episode, Canadian Hoops legend and Raptors announcer, the kid from Kiel, Leo Routens. Jim Rats and Joints is brought to you by Henderson's Brewery. The best beer is the beer you love. Let's rack it up, Danny G. You know, when you talk about the Canadian royal family of basketball, there is, there's only one family name that can come to mind. And it starts with Mr. Leo Routens, somebody who I have worked with uh, for nearly 20 years, aging myself and certainly aging him by saying that because he was doing this. I used to read about Leo Routens in the newspaper. And then one day I, I find myself working with him. And here we are today at the Dan Wong Studios. Uh, Leo Routens is joining his son, Andy Routens, Javon Shepard and myself on the Gym Rats and Joints podcast. Leo, it is so awesome to see you. Thanks for being here. Are you kidding me? It's great to be here. How could I say no to this? <laughs> you, you couldn't say no. And You're you actually right. I couldn't. You're you obligated. Couldn't. You didn't really have a choice in it. You might have to be, you know, Absolutely you might have to become obligated. a part-time staffer around sure. here. We, uh, we are so happy to have you, and it is so great to see you, Leo. And, and of course, we're now in the midst of, uh, of the NBA playoffs and, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that quite a bit. Um, but I, I, I want to start off by um, establishing the personal relationships that we all have with you. Um, I'll, I'll start with myself on this one. And, you know, you have been a, a big brother, a mentor to me in uh, the broadcasting industry in Canada uh, for, for such a long time. What, uh, what's your favorite memory of, uh, you know, working with me all those years? Oh, I really don't have. I really don't have any. Uh, but uh, actually, you know, you know, it, it's just the same thing when you talk about people about uh, playing hoops and stuff like that. When you talk about memories, it's not not playing with a guy. It's hanging out, right? Mm. So all the times we hung out, you know, sitting on the plane, talking trash, uh, going out for a cold one, a uh, glass of wine, whatever. Those are the memories. So we had we had a lot of those. So all those meals I bought you. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. We got the cheapest, cheapest dude of all time right there. <laughs> all right, good. Uh, now that that's out of the way, let, let's go over to, uh, to Mr. Javon Shepard, who you coached. Shep? You know where do we start? Our relationship is goes far beyond just basketball. Now, like I remember when I was in high school and Leo, you know, came into gyms and just you know pretty much picked me out of you know a bunch of kids and said, okay, you know we're gonna that wasn't hard to do by the way. He's dunking gonna, on everybody. We're gonna build something, right? <laughs> and then obviously now you know he's been a mentor for you in broadcasting as well. And I'm I'm essentially entering the business and asking him, picking his brain on stuff when it's like you don't. Why are you so selfish? selfless i'm pretty much asking you about your job but it's um yeah this just goes to be a testament to who you know leo's character but 
But you know, enough about that. You know, us stroking your ego. I need to. <laughs> I need to. I need to get down. I need to get down to the nitty gritty. How tough was it for you to coach? You know, your son, and then having you know guys like myself, you know, on the same team. Like, what what was that experience like? I've, I've gotten ARs version of that but what's what's the real because i know there's times where you want to strangle him you want to strangle him. <laughs> but we had to we had to work it out well remember all you guys were young right we were young. You're, yeah. you're all a bunch of young bucks so it was uh we, we were kind of rebuilding and restructuring and retooling and changing the kind of the mentality so you knew there was going to be a lot of growing pains and the tough part about having your own kid on the team was that you guys are all watching right mm-hmm. so and it and what I try to do is always understand everybody's situation. I want to know your situation. I want to know, say, Carl's situation or Jesse Young's situation. Mm-hmm. I want to know because that, that's who you are, mm-hmm. right? So you got to have a little flexibility, especially like I couldn't – you can't just discard people when you need talent. So you got to work with what you got. And But if I gave, say, if I gave you a little slack on something, because I know that, you know, what you're going through or this or that, or I know this is your personality. If I did the same thing with Andy, it would be perceived a whole different way. Mm-hmm. So I remember telling Andy, I'd walk in the gym one day and say, I'm going to rip you a new one today. Goes, <laughs> Just go with it. Just go with it. Because sometimes you have to. Now, yeah. other days, I'm ripping them for a reason. But there were other times I'm doing it so you guys would see that he's going to get the same thing. Right, right, and and uh, kick the, so it wasn't always uh, PTSD fair up a notch, you know. And kick the PTSD up a notch, but it wasn't always fair to him. But I, it was something I felt I had to do uh, for you guys too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, it, you'd lose respect for him or and me and or me, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't always easy. <laughs> but I tell you guys that uh, that probably got thrown out the window. That whole coach player father son when we when we would go across the waters and we get into little and you would get into little scuffles you see leo flying on <laughs> like, if you google if you google right now canada versus Italy, that that brawl is still you know notorious that was a that, hey that brawl that brawl brought us closer together that though brought us closer together yeah. for sure now now i have to say i i've have envisioned this moment for several years hosting a podcast along with Andy Routens and having Leo Routens here together. Um, I've traveled across the United States with your dad, uh, going to one NBA city after the next uh, to get in town to broadcast the game. Leo has has touched so many lives as as an influence. There's just no question about it. You can hear it in the way Shep talks about him. You can hear it how I talk about him. You're his son. Mm -hmm. And to, to have been in this life this basketball bubble for mm. for lack of a better term for it can you put into words what it's like to look honestly to be the son of a, a, a legend in canada yeah i mean uh what a what a polarizing figure uh we go our relationship goes way back way back to the sack <laughs> uh no it's Porsche. It's, there is no <laughs> yeah, that's right uh just to see, you know, on a daily basis, even now, uh, the relationships he still tries to maintain, uh, whether it be with the grassroots kids coming up or whether it be with longstanding relationships with people he's worked with in the broadcasting industry, players, uh, you know, uh, other other commentators, his effect in this city has been astronomical. And, and just to see it and, and kind of try to mold myself after him and the human being he is as opposed to the figure he is. 
you know, he's, he's, he's my best friend. I can say that clearly, you know, we, we, we talk multiple times a day and, and I think without him, I'd be, I'd be pretty lost in the world, but, uh, just to see the effect that he's had and, and how he's looked out for his city and where he came from is, is huge. And I think that we could all, you know, take a, a page out of your book for that, for sure. All right. I'm buying tonight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a nice plug, eh? Now, Matt, do, you, do you have a, a, a hardball question for him now? Uh, I wouldn't say it's hardball. I, I think we, we, we have these conversations pretty often, and I think we alluded to it in, in the past couple. Um, so I want to know, back in your era, uh, you know, given the things that we have now, sports science, uh, uh, training, the way we train, I think you talked about it with, with our youngest, Sammy, the other day. Uh, I want to know if you think that you would have lasted longer in the league uh, in this modern era, and I want to know uh, what guys you think that could have been stellar in this in this era. Without, I, I often think about because my whole thing was for me to get where I wanted to go to, I just had to be in a gym, mm-hmm. just in a gym. So I, I didn't believe in days off. I played hours and hours, and anyway, there was a pickup game. I played, I played, I played. Mm-hmm. You didn't lift the same way. You mm-hmm. didn't take care of your body the same way. You certainly didn't eat the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mr. Sub and McDonald's mm-hmm. yeah, or whatever yeah. else you yeah. can put in you. And uh, I look at you guys and how you train, how you take care of yourselves, and my body broke down. Right. Even with the national team, if you guys remember when I was coaching, I didn't believe in doubles. Right. I mean, uh-huh. we did a – we did a walkthrough. You need to work, work, lift, whatever yeah. you need to do. And then we have one good practice. And even that practice, if we got everything done in an hour and a half, we're mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. If it was, we needed two, we did two. If we did 45 minutes, I didn't care. Yeah. Let's get it done. But my, your bodies are more important, right? Mm-hmm. With an action, this people don't believe this. There were times we, we, were, we went to Venice on a trip with Jack and Jack Donahue, and we practiced three times a day for a month. Yeah. <laughs> a That's day insane. off. Could you imagine doing that? A I day off. With, yeah. And now, now, you know, you know, people go, okay, we're going twice. They won't both be the same practice. We did three of the same. Mm-hmm. And you were like, your guys are stretching before like the third practice, like, <laughs> like on the floor, out cold. Because yeah, yeah. you're. Uh, so my body got destroyed. So without a doubt, if I had. What you guys had, yeah. I probably could have had an extended career. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. I had a long career overall, but mm-hmm. it would have been entirely different just knowing how to train. And plus, the the uh, you know the way that surgery is now yeah. as opposed to back then. You know, uh, ACL recovery is what four to six months now yeah. as opposed to. I don't well, even I know. surgeries to repair surgery, so it was a right. different world. Exactly, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was a gamble, right, if, yeah. if they could get it right or not. Yeah, it was a gamble, and, and uh, you know, there, there wasn't the same accountability and, mm-hmm. and uh, just a, just a, what goes into how to take care of yourself pre- and post-surgery, the whole bit. So, mm-hmm. But you look at uh, – there were a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of guys were great players then. If you look at today's wide-open game now, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even begin to say what a Julius Irving – what a Dominique Wilkins mm. would do in today's game, it'd be, it'd be insane. Well, like, insane. Okay, why do you say that when the, today's game is all about the three-point shot, right? So how would it translate? These guys, from, as far as I see it, guys just run to three-point line, from three-point line to three-point line and shooting threes. Mm. It's not my favorite style of basketball, I but I could be considered well, old at this point. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure, we all are. But, okay, a Dominique Wilkins could shoot, and if there, you, the three-point line was a focus – that wouldn't have been an issue. Dr. J, not as much, but Dr. J would dunk on this whole league so many times it'd be ridiculous because you can't touch him. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, you got to remember the great players then, you were holding, grabbing, knocking them down, and they still did their thing. 
Could you imagine? A different like, world, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine guarding MJ now if you can't put your hands on him and you can't hold him and you can't grab him? Mm-hmm. He killed people with all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, you don't want to sound like an old fogey when I mm-hmm. say you put these guys in today's game, they drop serious numbers, but they would. Mm-hmm. They seriously Ooh, would. That's a little bias. Nope. That's gotta, everybody's going to be little, partial little, to their generation. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, I'm just stirring the pot. Yeah. I talk to Dominique all the time. Like he's he's a, he's I consider him a good friend, and and he every time we step in the arena, he's looking at these guys, going, "Oh man, damn, I dropped fifty of these guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he 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 certainly would, and I I know when he sees what's going on out there, Dominique Wilkins knows, and I I think any of those great players. If they you were in this era, they would make the whatever the adaptations. I are, will they would. tell you, it was some guy in the Atlanta Hawks, and they're watching some some tape, and a guy's looking. So Larry Bird, he goes, "Oh man, that dude ain't it. I killed that dude." And Dominique's going, "Boy, don't you <laughs> say that to anybody out loud." <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, even in in Larry Bird's day, the year at Indiana State, they kind of didn't know who he was, right? I mean, you hear Magic Johnson say. Who who's this kid? Oh, they didn't like each other. They didn't like each other right. back in the day. But yeah. they didn't even know yeah. really who each other was in those days, which shows yeah. you how how much things have changed in in forty years. You know, uh, Leo, I, I think I think we all uh, we all know who you are, and we all have now established our our relationships with you. So I, I want to get into the, the the stories of the day in basketball. We're into the playoffs, um, and obviously we're going to talk about that. But something did come up. Um, in these last, uh, I don't know, 36, 48 hours. And it, it's the video of uh, the Masai Ujiri incident, Game 6 of the NBA Finals um, in Oakland last June 2019. And, you know, I watched part of the interruption yesterday, and I was perturbed at how they, they mentioned it but kind of glossed over it mm. as if it doesn't speak to the larger question that that we're all confronted with right now that we we have to deal with and solve. Um, so we'll we'll start with Leo. You know when you saw when you saw the video and your comments on on TSN were you had no problem getting on the court. And what was the difference between you and Masai? You both had mm-hmm. credentials. credentials. So why did one guy just walk onto the court? Why did the other guy get shoved by a police officer? What, what was your first thought, your first reaction when you did see those videos released? No, it made me sick. And 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 the whole idea was, like I said, I, I came down. We were literally 20 feet apart. He was on one side. I was on the other side. And we didn't come down exactly the same time. But within a certain you know range, we were pretty close to being there. And I walk, I, I, it's kind of, I always tell Lane, I always joke around. Oh, you know that I do this in arenas. I try to see where I can go without showing credentials. <laughs> I just try to walk in like I own the place. Yeah. And most of the time I get by. And this is after the game, Raptors win the championship. I just walked on the court. Dude doesn't even look at me. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the same guy, but it's another guy like 20 feet over. No questions asked, just walk on the court. Masai walks in. Now, picture this. you got a black man dressed in a $3,000 suit. Right, looks he's six six, so looks like a player. Could very well be an ex NBA player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his own security people with him, mm-hmm. right? He's got credentials, and you know why, why are you stopping him? Not just stop, you're gonna shove him, right? Like that's not even okay. Put your hand up, say, hey, excuse me, sir, could you just wait a minute? And let mm-hmm. me check. Mm-hmm. No, it's I'm gonna just shove you out of the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And people forget this: the Raptors won. We're in Oakland. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like uh, there's a parade yeah. to the floor. Yeah. People were pissed off. They wanted, Everybody's going home. Only Raptor people were trying to get on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't this crazy flood. Mm-hmm. It was a few people trying to get on. So You could actually see that. Nobody had moved at yeah. that point. Yeah. He was literally walking through a path. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right yeah. And here's, here's, the, here's the crazy part. That this is in public with a guy that's running an NBA franchise in a $3,000 suit, and you're treating him like that there because you can. Mm-hmm. All right? Because mm-hmm. you can. And when you talk about all these things we see in the streets, what's happened to the, to, to, to the black guy on the street that gets pulled over when nobody's around, there's mm-hmm. no cameras and nothing? Mm-hmm. If this can happen in an arena like that to a Maasai Ujiri, then doesn't that really reinforce what everybody's afraid of? And that's why I said, Antia said, this is why we kneel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what that mm-hmm. whole thing about. It wasn't about the flag. It was about injustice, police doing these things and, and, and terrorizing really the black community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's even crazier, too, is the fact that that footage hasn't, hadn't been released until Exactly. Why? Why? 433 so, exactly. days yes. since it happened. Yes. So not only was, you know, the ignorance of you know, this officer of security, whatever he is, but also, you know, the higher ups behind him, because mm-hmm. this was, there was a reason why it was, it wasn't released. Yeah. Right. So, but they let the narrative play on, play on. Yep. and then they let the narrative. Uh, so we, that, oh, just, that speaks on the, whole, the bigger issue right, right. now. So, and, you know, to, to tag along to what you said, yeah, this is, this is why we need it. Yeah, and Chip, you know, like I, I, I sit there and I go, okay, you, you've done some crazy stuff, right? You and your brothers have done some crazy stuff, but I've never had to sit down and have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. That hey, look, if you get pulled over, mm-hmm. you know, just shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Don't because you you know something really bad can happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, even in the stop sign, I've never had to have that conversation with my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I think of all my all my black friends and, and their kids. I go, oh my god, mm-hmm. that just becomes a way of life. For yeah. Us. yeah, even for myself, if a police officer pulls up beside me or behind me, mm-hmm. and I'm in my car, I straighten up. Yeah, uh-huh. I get to you know, three what is it? Three o'clock on the wheel. Turn my music all the way down. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure, um, you know, because I'm conscious of it, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not into it. I play basketball. Yeah, I right, play right. basketball. I've seen, you know, things happen to, you know, family members, friends. So it's just subconsciously, uh, you know, I assume that role just mm-hmm. to make sure I'm and that, on my. What a shitty way to live. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Totally what a unfair. shitty way mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. to live. You know, I think that incident also speaks to. The gentrification in, in Oakland as well. I mean, there's there's no higher gentrification uh, mm-hmm. in the States in the past 10 years, I believe. And it just kind of makes you wonder, is, is that that cop's mind frame? Oh, is, he's got is a that, history, Is that too. the culture, right? He's is that the culture that is in Oakland? As well with- and it's just part of his instinct. Yeah. It's his instinct at that point. It makes you wonder if, if, if that's... Uh, that had something to do with it as well. Now, and if he can do that there in that arena and at that, that yeah, moment, at that, what at that the hell stage. is he doing outside? Yeah, exactly. Like that same office. Exactly. That, that's what I was... That, that, to feel that, no type of ways about it. And then file a lawsuit people. against him. Yeah. It's 20, asinine. 30,000 people, 30, well, people there. It's amazing to me that yet you're saying that he had a record yeah. of some sort, you know, and this and is who they put... And not only him, but that, that police department, that, I think it's the yeah. Oakland Alameda Police Department, has got a history of of violent actions acts like that against mm-hmm. the black community mm-hmm. and 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 yet there they are security right on the floor of a, a basketball game up NBA finals game six the highest magnitude and you know mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been yeah, how many people have been to uh, Oracle Arena it's a cool place mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean the fans are cool it's just got a vibe about it it's different than any place in the NBA and, and that's a, it's an NBA 
vibe. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, you they're know, a diehard fan base. Huh? They're diehard fan base. Diehard fans. It's it's uh, multi ethnic. It's 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 very much like the city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Just cool people. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this action didn't fit there. Mm-hmm. It just really didn't fit with. Uh, that whole vibe there it, it was sad well it was kind of sad too when the light fell out of the sky and almost hit your head. <laughs> right. have, you, have you told that story more we had I it live just, like, on TV if, if I had a little indentation on my head and I still had my senses I could be worth a hundred million right now. nothing a little plastic surgery couldn't take care of well we, I think we, we all think you're worth a hundred million Leo, yeah. whether you got it in the bank or not okay let's uh, I, I think we're going to agree to agree on everything that that was just discussed there. And I really think that the Masai Ujiri incident, you know, if maybe if that had been taken seriously a little earlier, some of the events of the past few months maybe wouldn't yeah. have taken place. Mm-hmm. Maybe if, mm-hmm. if, if people rose to the occasion that, you know, why does it, why do we have to wait for someone to die mm-hmm. before we take the problem seriously? And yeah, Masai, Nothing terrible happened there, but man, it, it, if you nip it in the bud there, you have a chance yeah, to DJ, prevent you know who death. This is later. on right now. I mean, think about it. For four hundred years, the black the black people have been fighting about it. Right? Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. raising their voices. They've been saying, "Hey, enough!" And you know, enough oppression. Enough. Enough of all this. It's not the black people that need to be fighting for this. Mm-hmm. It's the rest of us. Mm-hmm. We need to be saying stop. They've been yep. saying stop, mm-hmm. and it hasn't stopped. Mm-hmm. So it's on us now. It's on the white people that say it, we we we've had enough of this garbage, mm-hmm. and, and really that's what it comes down to right now. It's it's uh, like how many how many how many more protests? How many more you know things do you guys need to do before we say enough? It's right, time, time for action, especially now with you know I, if you're bringing COVID and the world being at a standstill, like if, if there's no change right now, we're mm-hmm. not doing mm-hmm. anything. When we're not doing enough collectively right and powers in powers in numbers mm-hmm. so again there's no like f- as of right now with everything that's gone on and everybody being aware everything is out in the light now there's mm-hmm. no hiding there's no um you definitely have to move forward yeah do you speak on the fact that you know it's a it's a social media era mm-hmm. and there's hashtags and there's trends and, and you can see things kind of even fading away from the spotlight now uh and, and i think it's our job to maintain that and and to 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 rise to the occasion and, and consist and, and uh be persistent with this movement that's why i thought it was great that the nba played yeah, yeah. exactly because it, it's such a large platform and you know the world is watching these games because mm-hmm. they've been dying for sports mm-hmm. so this is a great platform and players are using it and even if you look at the raptor broadcast there's messages yeah, broadcast mm-hmm. and, and everywhere. that's that's great mm-hmm. i mean I, i'm thrilled that that's happening yep it's definitely it's definitely the right thing to be happening and no surprise the nba is at the lead hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's, let's get into the playoffs now. Let's talk about what is happening on the court. And I think some people might be surprised about what I'm about to raise, but some people might not. Both number one seeds, the L.A. Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks, lost game one. We've seen that happen before. 
Um, but I, I feel like in this particular instance, an eight defeating a one this year might not be as big a surprise as maybe it would have been um, in the past. Shep, let's start with you. Which of these two number one seeds, the Bucks or the Lakers, is more vulnerable to lose in the first round? That's tough. That's yeah. tough to really choose one. But I'll say this. I think, you know, given the short window that they're playing in, talent isn't going to win you this anymore, especially in the Lakers case where they can, you know, they have a lot of talent. Um, it's more. It's going to be chemistry. Like, you, you, you're in a short window. Again, it's more about how long have these guys played together, how well can they play together. So you could have a 12th guy that as long as he accepts his role and knows when he needs to perform at an elite level mm-hmm. for the better of his team, I think those are the teams that are going to be successful. Um, yeah, I, I really can't say. I think Lakers are in trouble. Uh, yeah, are really I, I, in trouble. I feel like you just said the Lakers don't have the chemistry. So They don't have the chemistry. They have a no, problem. They, they have a lot of talent. And I think if this was, you know, again, when, before the NBA had stopped, the Lakers were, you know, they were struggling a bit as well, but they start to hit their stride. And I think if they had more time, their team that would have got into it over the course of, you know, two, three, four months, these guys start to gel again together, start to play well, and just accept their roles. Whereas teams that have been playing together for a while, even though they may have less talent, mm-hmm. they have the advantage right now mm-hmm. because, again, it's a short window whether they have a two, three-week training camp, and then we start the season again. So mm. it's tough It's tough to say, but I don't really see – I see those team, those two teams struggling throughout if they even get out of the first round. What do you think, Andy? I don't know. I think that I think that the Milwaukee Bucks they really heavily rely on Giannis. Um, they're a different team without him. I'm looking at the roster right now, and I don't see a second go-to guy. And this is coming, you know, obviously as a humbled uh, ex-professional. So I mean, these guys are obviously stars in their own right. But you know, the, the Lakers still do have LeBron. At any given time, LeBron can win you any given game. And you also have Ant Davis. And those guys are worth 30 apiece a night, you know, and can go for a 50 piece. So I believe that the Lakers will figure it out. I just think that Milwaukee's going to struggle with depth. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're a team that, that really plays off him, and, and he's been the center uh, of, of their, their, their monster. So, Leo, you're, I think you're going you're gonna to set us straight on this one, but I, I want to ask it to you in a, in a different, from a different perspective. We're talking about the Lakers and the Bucks, but what about their opponents? You have the Trailblazers. You have the Magic. There is something about this Blazers team that, you know, they were in the West Finals last year. Is it is it more about who their opponents are, or do these number one team number one seeds really have internal issues with their rosters? No, I I think it's opponents right now. For especially Portland, right? I mean, Portland's just playing on a roll. Now, can they sustain it? Remember, they've played in the equivalent of nine playoff games already. So can you sustain it? Um, but they're, 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 they're a good team right now, and they're playing good, and they're going to give L.A. some problems. And um, L.A.'s depth is an issue. Uh, and obviously there's no home court, right? So a home, and that affects a lot of, a lot of things. Yeah. It affects officials. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of how many calls happen when the place is going nuts, right? Well, nobody's going nuts. So now you can actually make it a more objective call in certain times. Um, you, you think about the, who makes a difference at home, role players. Mm-hmm. Well, every game is basically the same thing now, right? So now all of a sudden guys that may not be a factor can factor in a home and away. So that changes a lot of what's happening. TJ Warren. 
Yeah, yeah. TJ Warren's yeah. been, you know, come into you know stardom over there, <laughs> and uh, so that changes. But so I think Portland's a dangerous team. You know, like Andy said, LeBron's LeBron. He had a spectacular game. But what I'm noticing with him is is fatigue uh, as the game goes. And that's why he's being more of a like he he gave up some opportunities to he's thirty score yeah what is it, and I, I think it's amazing he's doing what he's doing physically oh. but I think fatigue does come into play with him uh, now when Milwaukee you know hey when the Raptors played the last game against Milwaukee and it was the benches basically playing bench playing for the Raptors and I looked at the starting lineup without Giannis and I looked at the Raptors had no Kyle no Fred no Serge because you think of him as a starter in that lineup. And no OG, I believe. And I'm going, you know what? Raptors look pretty good. Milwaukee's, <laughs> uh. <laughs> And that's just without Giannis. <laughs> so, now they'll beat Orlando because Orlando's banged up. They'll win that series, but I don't like the way they're playing right now. And I've had questions with, with, with Bud. I mean, they, they were zero adjustments against the Raptors in the playoffs last year. And I, I, I don't, I just don't see adjustments. They just play one way. That's it. And you got to adjust. They, they have an amazing player, but I just, I do not see them as a, as a championship caliber team. You know, you, you said Orlando's banged up, but you know, Vucevic compared to last year seems as long like as he's a not totally... playing against Gasol. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the way things are going, he could find out, find out in the in a potential East Finals. You know, I, I was going to come back to this later, but I'm, I'm going to get to it now and. One thing that we're already on Shep about every week. Wow! Is this is wow? Look at this. Well, we're talking Portland, wow. so, so we're going to go there. And, and and I think Shep's issue isn't so much Damian Lillard as much as the this mentality of the score first point guard. Um, but you know, to me, uh, Denver Nuggets game one. If Jamal Murray isn't a scoring first point guard. You know they're not going to win that game. Um, is, is Dame is Dame right now the best basketball player going right now? He may be the hottest guy. It doesn't mean you're the best basketball player. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron's still the best basketball player, mm-hmm. right? But Dame Dame's smoking right now. He's hot. He's on fire. So uh, that's the other thing you always got to factor in the playoffs. You know who's hot, who's not, mm-hmm. and and a guy like that. I mean that guy alone can win you a couple of games. But you think about style of game today. Okay, I, I shoot first point guard 15 years ago, 10 years ago. That can be a major disruption, right? Mm-hmm. And not a lot of teams can – okay, look at Philadelphia and Allen Iverson. You had to build a team around Allen. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You had to build a team around them. You had a bunch of non-scorers, non-shooters, defenders. You had to build a team to fit him. Today, in the style of game, you can have a shoot first point guard, and most of them are – uh, and be successful mm-hmm. as long as they did they, they they can they can score and they can distribute when they have to so do shoot first point guards win championships that's a great question got right? him I still think we it did. comes down yeah. to who's, who you, who's on your team yeah. right I mean look at look at Damien I think this year's team with a healthy Nurkic hmm. a white side coming off the bench who made a big difference in the last game and then you got Melo who's playing at a different mm-hmm. kind of rhythm than he has in the past so that could make the difference for a dame right i don't think they could ever win in their previous teams mm-hmm. I, I i didn't think i never looked at them as a serious oh. contender Melo really alludes to the timing and opportunity uh motto of the league yeah for sure 
I mean, he was blackballed for what couple of years? What, self-inflicted. What was it? Though. Self-inflicted. Okay. Self. Think about it. You go, you have a press conference when you get to OKC. Somebody mm-hmm. says, "How do you feel about coming off the bench?" And the guys go, <laughs> "Yeah, coming off." <laughs> He's laughing at the guy. I mean, come on! Like you're an older player. But at right. what point do you mature? Remember, we're still talking about Carmelo Anthony at that point. So right, it's, right. I, but I also think that's also a part of the learning curve and why some guys are in the NBA for you. Know, but you look at a guy like Vince. Who decided exactly. that he's going to take that role? Take he's going to be more of an influence in the locker room. He's going to stick with the team to help them win. Personally, I think Vince preferred that role over <laughs> being a star. Wow. Okay. Agreed. 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 I've heard that but, argument. Yeah. From but, you. But that's, again, <laughs> that's fine. Like, I want to I I put that in perspective, though. It's like a lot of people would take that as a as a as a as a shot. I'm not taking a shot. I agree. It's, it's who he is. He was never a guy built to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Tremendous talent. If he like if he had Michael Jordan's heart, he'd be a five-time MVP. It's not him, mm-hmm. and I don't fault the guy for that. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. I agree. So the role he's had as a mentor has been more suited to him than being the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, not everybody's meant to be the Jordan, the Kobe. You know, there's there's very there's few guys. Of select exactly, yeah. but as as far as that lead role, not every not every player is meant to be that role. But if you can be a Pippin, a Rodman, and just you know, be a high efficiency guy in your respective role. Mm-hmm. You're doing your job. You're doing a really good He's job. He's even you're- more like a Bosch to me. Oh. <laughs> no, okay. and again, I don't mean that. It, you had you had LeBron, Wade, Bosch. Mm-hmm. You don't win without three of them, mm-hmm. right? And and Vince was always like he's he's if you can give him a couple of guys in there that mm-hmm. can take it all, mm-hmm. then I think he's great. I mean, CB was the guy here, just like Mello was the guy in Denver. And they never and won. CB accepted his role in Miami, and they won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's fine, though. To yeah. me, that's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you run into, from a team standpoint, you run into problems now on the other end when you have three, four guys that want to be the man. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. Well, even even in Portland, it, they got everybody's got to be cool with Dame saying Dame being the guy. Mm-hmm. McCollum takes what's left over. Uh, uh, Mello takes what's left mm-hmm. over. Right, and it works. I like the dynamic. I do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. CJ like can still get up guy, 20 shots a night. The only guy to me is kind of like that old school MJ. No, don't, don't take me wrong. He's yeah. not MJ. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler is a guy that, hey, he dude, get the rebound, pass the ball. Yeah. We're going to win this game. We're going to kick. He's, he's the one guy in today's game. A lot, Kyle's like that. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry's like that. But there's not a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. But. Kyle also, I, I'm going to date back to last year when Kawhi was here. Um, Lowry still knew to, to sacrifice and take a lesser role in some areas. So as much as he was he still... He did, but he didn't give up his team. That's, that's and the that's misconception. Fine, but he understood. There was, was a maturity, his team. There was still a maturity level yeah. to him for the betterment of the team. Yeah. So that yeah. was... I mean, absolutely. Like, Ka- Kawhi Leonard came in. He was... The leading scorer, the the higher gun. That yeah, like yeah. it didn't have to be his team in, in no. order for that to happen. But mm-hmm. you look at the Philadelphia 76ers minus Jimmy Butler, I think they're lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have that, you know, whatever the the definition of that kind of player is. You compared it to the MJ role, but the the 76ers without without Jimmy Butler, they're uh, they're going 76ers nowhere fast. Have a lot of eye candy. Apart, a lot of yeah. eye candy. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not high on them. No. Yeah, no. The, so the, the Sixers are um, kind of you know falling apart against the Boston Celtics, and I do think that I think the Celtics are the only team in the East that could beat Toronto. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying I think they're the the one really other good team. But they did suffer an injury uh, that I think is going to hurt them. Gordon Hayward went down with the ankle. Um, he's out probably 
you know, it'll probably be four weeks before he's back, which means he would miss the entire series against Toronto. Um, why don't I go to you first, mm-hmm. Andy? Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, how does this impact the Celtics moving forward? Not necessarily in the series they're in right now, but, you know, could they beat a healthy Raptors team without Hayward? I think they can. I think they can. I, I, they have the opportunity to. I don't know that they will. Uh, I think Gordon Hayward's gone down significantly since his since his major injury, um, and, and I think that they're going to be just fine without him. I think it's more opportunity for Jason Tatum to take a, a leading role. Uh, Kemba Walker is always dangerous, and uh, you know I think those guys are gonna are gonna get it going. They had a great tandem going with uh, with. Uh, uh, Jalen, sorry, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, and uh, I think they have more than enough capability and, and talent to to carry them without him. You want to agree with your son? Uh, I, I think that, uh, well, one thing about Hayward, they're eight points a game better with him on the floor. Mm. And so he makes a difference. So I, that I, think I did that's, not know prior to that. It's a personal stay. opinion. That's, <laughs> no hate towards uh, Gordon Hayward or the Butler Bulldogs whatsoever. No way. You know what? That's understandable. Yeah. It's understandable. Yeah. But uh, so there's a little, there's, there's a factor there. The guy that's impressed me, uh, remember Kemba Walker was kind of banged up all season. Yeah. And he's now kind of Kemba Walker again. And that, that, to me, I think is going to be a big X factor uh, going forward if he can stay healthy and be him. But uh, I, I think they can, they can push the Raptors maybe more than anybody else uh, in the Eastern Conference, uh, along, along with Milwaukee, obviously, if they get there. But, uh, yeah, it would be a great series. It, it, I think it would really be a fun series. I think the Raptors have more depth. Uh, but you have two great coaches that really know how to press all the buttons. So it'd be a fun series. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think the Bucks are a match for the Raptors. I do think the Seas are. Yeah, the Seas would be with um, with Hayward. I, I don't see them really – they don't have the depth to really compete with the Raptors. And I think Hayward is a guy, even though he's not – you know, the Hayward, he was mm-hmm. back in Utah to give him 21 points, mm-hmm. but he's still giving you 18 off their bench, and he's a guy that can really facilitate when he's on the court and just, you know, alleviate some – I think that's the key word for Sildak because he doesn't need to have to score all the time. No. He can be the swing guy. He can be settled for the open shot. So a guy like that's valuable on the floor, right? Mm. Because, you know, you can't have everybody shooting. And then you remember we're in a series now, right? So, again, these guys, can they compete with the Raptors over, let's just say, it goes to seven games. They can Raptors have enough depth to wear them down over that that course of seven, a seven-game series. So um, are they probably our toughest matchup? Yes. Can they beat us? I, I don't see it now without Hero because he was a, a very big component to um, their team. I like what Freddie says. Can you beat us four times? <laughs> that, that's yeah, think that's, about it. You got to beat I, a team four, four times, times in two weeks. Yeah, Daddy Freddie. It's gonna it's gonna take quite a team to be able to to beat the Raptors in that. You know when the when the playoffs started, and I think I said this last week. I did. I've had the Raptors sweeping the Nets, but I did think Philly, Boston, even without Simmons, I I saw that going seven. I don't see that happening now. Shep, do you think that even in this bubble situation with no travel, do both these teams want to, obviously they want to end the series as quickly as they can, but do they now have to kind of keep pace with each other? You know, as we're talking today, it's both series are 2-0. Do both teams need to sweep the series to maintain some sort of advantage or equilibrium going into a Toronto-Boston second round? First of all, they need to blow Philly up. I, I, that, <laughs> they need to blow that up. No, that whole shit I agree sick. with that. But n- not necessarily. I think, you know, 
for each team play games that are going to get you rhythm, right? And that's going to be most important going into a second round. So it's all it's just dependent on the players you have and, and how they approach. It looks like the Raptors had rhythm day one of the restart. Boston, I, I don't know if they were as looking as good at the beginning, but certainly in that, that game two against Philadelphia, they just kind of rolled them. They look they look like they're set. No? I don't know. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure with them. Yeah, really? I mean, think about it. If you're, part of the reset is what did you do when you were out? Look at all the Raptor dudes. Right? Look at Gasol comes back, like different body, right? Look at Melo comes back at Portland, different yeah, body. They were also the first team in the Bumble as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, what did you do when you were out? You're a pro. I'm looking at Philly and I go, I know what you did. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Embiid. What did you do? You, you gained weight. You got out of shape. Um, so, I mean, you can't. You know, if you're a pro, you've got to understand that, you know, if, if there's talk, even remote talk about a bubble and coming back, you better be ready. Mm-hmm. And you can tell which teams are and which teams aren't. I know what Andy did during the during the restart. What 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 do you what do you think is the problem with the 76ers right now? Do you agree that this has to be blown up now? I don't know if it can work. I think that Ben Simmons was the most semblance of a leader that they had. I think they look to him on the floor because he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, him being out with a knee injury now, I think it's it's super detrimental to their success. And Joel Embiid has to mature a little bit as as a person uh, and a player as well for them to be, you know, really riding him to for, to a championship. But wave. he's not really the problem with the Sixers right now. Oh, like, he's a big. I, I think he's problem. he's <laughs> somewhat of okay. A, an but issue. it just feels like he is not getting much help right mm-hmm. now. Hey, you, did you forget the playoffs last year? Who calls a coach at six o'clock in the morning? I can't play tonight, Coach. I can't play. <laughs> I'm going to call the coach at 6 o'clock and say, man, I'm, I'm really – I'm hurting. I'm bad. Hey, get me some doctors. Help me. I'm playing tonight, but I need help. Who calls a coach at 6 o'clock and says, I can't play tonight? Mm-hmm. Seriously. Not, you know, and I don't – because you're, you're hard on me with Dame, so I don't want to – I don't want to be a hater. <laughs> I, I don't want to be a hater, but I'm not an Embiid believer yet. I'm not an Embiid believer. I think he ta- he has a lot of talent. I believe in his talent. Yes, oh, his he talent has a lot is crazy. through the roof. Yeah, he does a bit too much talking for what he's accomplished mm-hmm. over the last little bit, as, as many games as he's played in the mm-hmm. league, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for him, I have to see more. Like I need to see some production and yeah, and there to- needs there needs to be some results. Yeah. There, there's no question about it. The Sixers really what's what's the shining thing on their resume right now? They push the Raptors hey, to a seventh game mm-hmm. with his tools. He should dominate every game he plays in. Mm-hmm. But here's a problem. You you guys played. You can't dominate if you can't run up and down the floor. If you're huffing and puffing after three trips, you can't dominate anything. I'll say this. He reminds me of – they're completely two different games and two two different levels of talent. But to me, he's a Dwight Howard. He's going to have his, his – mm. You know, hate his shining moment for two or three years, and then it's going to be a, a decline. Mm-hmm. Howard got his team to the finals, though, one year. Uh, but what else has he done since then? <laughs> Not a hell <laughs> of a lot. Until he didn't realize that Stan Van Gundy and the way the whole thing was set up for him was catered <laughs> to him. Yeah. And once he, once he left, it all fell apart. <laughs> From North Philly to our city, what did you think when you saw the uh, Kyle Lowry's kids introduce him? That was amazing, man. It's uh, I'll tell you. I, I don't know if I ever told you this, Sandy, but my last NBA uh, tryout was with the Nets, right? And and I really like I really wanted to make the Nets so my boys could hang around an NBA team <laughs> and just experience that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you when I when I got cut and I'm heading home, man, I w- I was in tears about 
not feeling sorry for me, go like, oh, man, I'm a boy. they're not going to experience that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, how cool is it for Kyle's kids to want to have an NBA dad? And then when you see them doing that, and that that was amazing. I mean, that's yeah. like, uh, now, to be that, fair, that brought tears yeah. to my Your eyes boys watching. might not have seen you as an NBA player, but they sure saw you as an NBA broadcaster. And I right. remember, um, man, this is probably, I don't know, 2002, 2003. So you're a, you're a teenager by that point. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing you on the court, mm-hmm. you know, in that, in that quiet moment when the players have gone back to the locker room for their last coaching mm-hmm. instructions. And I feel like I saw you on the floor, maybe you and a young Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. I have vivid memories of those days. Go back to that feeling as a kid. What's that like for you to be on the court just shooting? Well, uh, you know, I still have memories of of you playing overseas, uh, being in the crowd out there. So, I mean, you you obviously did us proud, uh, even though you didn't have the NBA moment. Um, Who's better, though? What's that? Who's better? Who's better? You or Leo? She. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we can lace them up right now. Shut. Shut. <laughs> and wow. you know what would happen. Wow. I'd spell it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I do have very distinct memories. Those are the, those are the Skydome days. Uh, we, oh, we used to stay at the Sky. We lived in Syracuse. My dad would pick me uh, You would pick us up. Uh, we'd head up to Toronto, and we'd stay at the, at the Skydome Hotel. And I remember... We had we had a route. We had a route from you know the hotel lobby to the hotel kitchen, you know down the elevator shaft to the back of the very back of the sky dome, and we'd sneak our way onto the court on the game day, and we'd get shots up, uh, and that would be right before shoot around. So we got to see the likes of the Kobe's and, and the Shacks. So I mean that was, and I, I distinctly remember this is my most vivid memory, my best memory probably uh, with your time in broadcasting was. Uh, the Bulls were in town, and that was that was the D Bulls. That was the the Rodman, the Pippen, Jordan era. Yeah. And I had just got a new pair of MJs, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't crease them. I walked stiff legged. <laughs> <laughs> I put them away in the room at night. You know, I stared at them before I went to sleep. So I popped them on in the morning. We went over to the shoot around, and I saw Mike at half court talking to Phil with Scotty, and I just froze. And and I don't know what drew me to do that, but I just I ran on the court and and. And this was in the middle of their shoot around, and I asked them for an autograph. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I got I to gotta interrupt you on this. One. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We get on the court, and I tell the guys, don't do anything. I'm going to see if we can get you on, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm talking to a PR dude, and he goes, nah, sorry. Like, we, we, just, we just don't let anybody on. As I'm saying that, I look over. There's Andy, and you got Pippen, <laughs> yeah. Jordan, and Phil Jackson. He's in the middle, this little kid, and he's staring up at him, and Jordan's got a sneak. <laughs> hand he's signing a sneaker what? yeah how old and are you i'm going then? like uh, maybe seven, seven eight six, seven something yeah. like that and, and and then all of a sudden he goes Woo! <laughs> oh, man. i like, walked home without a shoe man it was like, the best day of my life yeah. i'm gonna get i'm gonna get banned right yeah. so then michael jordan's walking off the court i'm i'm looking at get off get off the court get off <laughs> michael jordan and his brother's over here so go 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 and so Michael Jordan's walking off the court. He goes, "Hey, I said you, you uh, sorry, man." He goes, "Oh, that was your guy because I know Michael from playing." Yeah. He goes, "That was your guy." Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, "Don't worry about, it. don't worry about." It. So I got another one that's going to meet you, and his name's Michael. <laughs> his, he's going to meet you by the bus after. He goes, "I got gotcha. you." Yeah. And oh, so, so Andy got his, and yeah. then when when Jordan was leaving the court, my my other son comes up, and Jordan goes, "Hey, hey, Michael," and takes his. So like yeah, oh, but yeah. that, you guys unbelievable got me, experience, got me in big trouble. <laughs> I mean, this was that, like was that the, was that the when we beat them on? I yeah, just remember that game. Yeah, the CB, Raptors won that game. Yeah, yeah. CBC, NBA, and That's CBC. The year the Bulls went seventy-two and ten. 
yep. Rod and Leo that's called right. the game. Yeah, right. So, and yeah. Jordan still hit a shot at the buzzer just that would have tied just, yeah, it, yeah. but he was like point one seconds too late. Yeah, yeah. still got that sneaker. Still got that sneaker. Got that's that worth that a lot of money gonna, right that now. That was gonna be my next question. <laughs> and, but how, how did you not go up to Michael Jordan and say, "Yo, Mike"? My dad guarded you and locked <laughs> down. Remember <laughs> right, the Syracuse right. game? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, have you have you read that Sports Illustrated article? Uh, I'm sure somewhere over time I have, but uh, I mean, how could you not? You know, as a kid, you watch infinite hours of Michael Jordan's playground. You know, come fly with me, Shep. I mean, you, yeah. you've seen all yep. the VHS tapes, and that's the guy. Is the guy then? Is the guy now? The guy going forward? So I mean, uh, hold on. I don't mean to day. cut you guys off, yeah. but I've met. I, I didn't mean. I was too. I was scared. But Rodman. I seen him two summers ago at Las Vegas in at Summer League. That's a scary looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's different for sure. You know what he's though, but different. his reputation is he's a sweetheart yeah. and he's best friends with everyone in Everybody you know, says he's actually shy in a locker room. Mm. Bro, it's like I, really low key mm, and shy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't willing to find out. I got, mm. you stay over there, I'm I'm cool over here. They alluded bro. to that in uh, the last dance. Huh? They, they alluded to yeah. him being more I remember of a Billy shy. Wannington tell me like yeah. he played with him in Chicago, he said yeah. you you'd you'd never know he was that Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just always remember from the, the last dance when he came back off of his his little getaway. Mm-hmm. They had their conditioning, and this guy just shooted off, ran off, yeah. and nobody could catch him. It's like this: guy, you're built for what you do. Oh, like, yeah. This is crazy. It's it. funny too. I mean, from coming from a, a, a coach's perspective, I remember you talking about Jimmy Butler and Spolstra, and Dennis Rodman having Phil to understand him, to understand that he may have his quirks, he may have his certain things that he needs off the court in order to be successful on the court. Yeah. And, uh, you know, alluding to Jimmy as well, and, and he found his, his niche and his role in Miami, and, and, and it's, it's a success. Yeah, I mean, think about it. When Phil says, okay, you need your two days in Vegas, mm-hmm. go do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, like, it's, it, it's tough as a coach because the whole team's got to see that and realize that uh, it's not preferential treatment. It's, okay, I know this is, this is the way this guy clicks. Mm-hmm. If we all want to win – we got to do this. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the best teams, the assistant coaches coach and the head coaches manage. I yeah, think that's yeah, where. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my, based on in my experience of what I've seen. Yeah. And, and there's always a trade off, right? It's like uh, you could be a disruption to a certain degree, but what's the trade off? Are mm-hmm. we going to are we going to win? Mm-hmm. Are the guys buying in? Like, do they see the. But if you're just a, you know, if you're just a distraction, then it eventually. It goes know, back to Iverson, right? Like you. Iverson, it goes back to all kinds. Of- <laughs> <laughs> what a gong show that was! Holy Rounds versus Dallenberg. That could be a whole podcast on its own. We might, we might have to do that one day. Um, Want to take a, a, a second here for a reminder? We do have a sponsor on this show. It's the Henderson Brewery. The best beer is. Oh, the you didn't beer tell me we were getting paid. This is great. <laughs> You're not. You're the guest. <laughs> you owe us. Wow. Also, I, I want to uh, shout out um, Raptors 905 assistant coach Charles Kissy. Um, I, I, I listen to other podcasts, and I think he's doing a wonderful thing with uh, Think About It with Charles Kissy. A really interesting perspective. Uh, Charles was a former Toronto police officer, went into coaching. Uh, he did an amazing job at Brock University, is now on the staff at Raptors 905. And he was the coach of the uh, the Guelph Nighthawks in the CEBL. So shout out to Charles for that. Uh, back to NBA playoffs while well, we're, we're running out of time here. And uh, another Canadian player who we, we talked about last week, and he really showed up, and that's Jamal Murray. Um, originally, I, I wanted us to discuss 
Murray and Jokic as possibly the best combo in the NBA right now. I, I think their chemistry is unexplainably amazing. But Donovan Mitchell has also shown up. And I think we might have the best first-round series going here in this uh, Utah-Denver. Mm. Uh, Shep, why don't, why don't you start with you know, your thoughts on what's going on in that series? Okay, first of all, I, I, it's going to be off track, but I have to give this story because I remember um, Jamal Murray. Like He's been a big success so far, you know, one of, if not the best Canadian player. But I remember on his visit, he had an unofficial visit to Michigan, and I just, I'd gone back to watch, I believe it was the Big Ten Championship. And I remember... You know, his, his, he had his, not his entourage, but his mentor, his coach that was with him, as well as it was Beeline at the time. We had met, you know, with him after just to have some conversation. We coincidentally ended up there at the same time, sat down, has a, had a conversation with him, and they, you know, basically wanted me to massage him, get him to come there. Um, you know, he's a kid, we, we were supposed to exchange numbers, and I, I asked the kid, like, you know, do you have an email? Do you have a contact when we get back into the city? We'll, we'll stay connected. At that point, mind you, this is in the social media era. Mm-hmm. He, he turned to me and said, I don't have, I'm just focused on basketball. I'm just, I don't have social media. I don't have a phone number. I don't even have a phone. But this is my email. And at that moment, That's it clicked like, was like eh? we're in the midst of the social media era. Mm-hmm. This is a young kid, and he's that focused locked on in. his goal, that locked in on mm-hmm. his goal that mm-hmm. he didn't even have a phone. He had, at that point, it was a, what do they call it? Where we play our music? Um, an iPod? An iPod. So yeah. getting old, man. Yeah. He had an iPod. <laughs> he had an iPod and had his email. And I was like, at that moment, I was like, this kid is going to be great. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, to touch back on to that series there, I think those, te- those two teams are similar. Like, they're both uh, – Denver could could have been the better team. And shout out to Mike Malone. You had him yes. coaching us a couple, couple Yeah, years Mikey Moe. Great yeah, guy. Yes. Great guy. Um, they're a little depleted because of because of injuries, but I think both of these teams are, you know, pretty identical in their makeup right now. Mm-hmm. So it's really just going to come down to, you know, which team is going to want it more mm-hmm. for me per se. Donovan Mitchell has been uh, sensational, maybe at the same level we've been talking about Dame earlier. Do Do you have a favorite in this series right now? I think they're they're two teams who lack ego. I think they're both they're they're both teams who are super bought into the system, and and they they have good guys who just want to win. And and you speaking about uh, Jamal in that capacity, and and Jokic is a guy who who's a system guy as well. He grew up in Europe. He knows how to play the game. Uh, I think their 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 lack of of me first is is what's going to propel them. And obviously, Mikey Mo is a great coach as well. I like them in the series. I don't think that uh, Utah is going to be able to keep up, but they do get Mike Conley back. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I think he's been consistently one of the most underrated players in the league for a long time. And his name's not even in the most underrated conversation sometimes, which still blows my mind. But uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's, he's doing some really special things. Uh, I think that there are a couple of pieces away, though, in my opinion, to get to the, to the well, championship. You, you know, you said one thing about both of those, and a nice guy. They got a lot of good guys. Yeah. And I think both of those teams have nice guys. Nice guys, mm-hmm. yeah. You need yeah, some yeah. not nice guys yeah. to win a championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what, that's what, what you dogs. usually use when you have this, when you make this point. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it starts with a P. It's a P word. <laughs> but you need you, some I mean, of those. You, and, lost, and, you uh, lost your Jay Crowder. He, he's, yeah. he's that type of guy. And yeah. you bring him into Miami, which is a, a dog's, dog type of yeah. setting. You know, Or like I said, like a Jimmy Butler's – P right mm-hmm. and, and he comes at you and, mm-hmm. and that they need they need a little nastiness both mm-hmm. of those teams are, in my opinion I, I like the talent of both of them mm-hmm. and they both uh, but there's a reason they don't go further you mm-hmm. know 
But Joe Ingles would talk some shit. Oh yeah, he's. <laughs> I like. I'm a big Joe Ingles guy. Big Joe Ingles guy. It, it is amazing um, how much talent there is on these teams out west. I, I don't think we can talk about it in the east, but just with with what's going on with the Lakers and now you know the Clippers maybe in more of a dog fight with with Dallas than we thought. I it, the West, I, there's five or six teams that yeah. if they end up in the NBA Finals, I I don't think I'm going to be surprised too much. Leo is is. Is Luka Doncic as unbelievable as what we're seeing to the point where the Mavericks could upset the Clippers in this first round? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's ridiculous, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, every time I watch him, I see something different. It's like his strength. Think about it. He went at Kawhi a couple of times. Bodied him. Yeah. Yeah, like bodied him. Just yeah. like maneuvered him out of the way like he wasn't there. That's Kawhi. You don't do that to Kawhi. See? Right? And And – and he, you can't speed him up. You can't change his speed. Like, he goes how he wants to go. Patrick Beverly's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be guarded by Patrick Beverly. He, he dismisses yeah, him yeah. like he's not there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, like not even like, like a fly on my knee. Just, like, shoves him off. I mean, that guy is crazy. I think he, he, you know? he's, he's on the same wave as uh, with James Harden in terms of being able to create your own shot, using the step back effectively. Not being able to get cha- uh, change the pace uh, from the defender. See, and for me, why I really appreciate him, and I'm not hating on him. I'm not hating on him, Danny. I know you're gonna kill me, but <laughs> he's he's the opposite. He's a playmaker that scores. Yeah. Mm. So I think for me, this is this is where I have like a, a great appreciation for his style of play. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, he's he's good, man. He's he's the real deal. For he's sure. the real deal. I think he's the weight, the next weight. And the range is crazy. I mean, you yeah. look at look at some of the. The step backs. Oh, yeah. And even like, and again, it's his pace. He's stepping back with you right there. You're coming, you're coming. He's not speeding up to get rid of it. He's, de- boom. Mm-hmm. He just shoots it. It's, uh, he, he's, hey, poor Vlade Divac, man. I don't know how you, uh, how you let that one go. <laughs> he's been doing it for years. He got, he got can. Exactly. I think he's one of those guys that can change, you know, the way of the NBA as well and what, what the NBA starts looking for, especially if they, if they win or get out of this round and continue to have success. We're going to start to see teams drafting players more of his his prototype, and they can do the stuff he does. Mm. It usually happens. Well, we've seen like okay, when you know Golden State had won, we're looking for the next Draymond. Like mm-hmm. teams start to draft these Draymonds, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Half of them are out of the NBA. You know when Bron was, I was going to say when he was in his prime, but he's still. When Bron was winning, everybody was looking for that. You know the type that can potentially guard LeBron or or be the next LeBron. So. I think Luka Doncic has that potential to where, okay, teams are going to start trying to identify the next Luka. I, I would argue to say that you could identify Luka as a scoring point guard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh. How you okay. feel about that, Shed well, Davis? He brings up the he ball played, every possession. Like I said, he's a playmaker that scores. Uh-huh. Not a scorer. I think it's that, all about that, the verbiage. Not a scorer <laughs> that is getting yeah. assists by default when I get triple team. Yeah. So, no, and the good thing about it, like he, he's, he's got that dog in him where – He's telling dudes like the, the remember the end of the game the other the game they Seth lost. Curry. Steph, uh, she, yeah, uh, not Steph. Seth. Uh, Seth. Yeah. Seth Curry takes his three point shot when he's open in the middle. Mm-hmm. Man, he led into him and like if you can't talk to your dudes and get guys on the same page and tell them that's not how we're playing, you can't win. Mm-hmm. The fact he's got everybody in line mm-hmm. and you see Rick Carlisle try to take him out of the game. They're like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's. He's he's got that dog in him, mm-hmm. uh, which which I really like. Well, you know? L- yeah, Luca, he, he might change the game in general, but he certainly turned the Dallas Ma- Dallas Mavericks yeah. around. I mean, mm-hmm. two years ago, 
this is a very similar roster to what they had two years ago, and they were winning, you know, maybe twenty games a year, mm. and now. Boy, they're they're going to give the Clippers all all that they and have. He's great for Persingas too, because you know Persingas doesn't have to. He just you know the shots that he's getting playing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got about two minutes left, and uh, I just want to go to the Canadian national team while Coach Leo's here. While two guys, really all three of you, have played for the national team, it's basically a national team convention. Except Dan and me, <laughs> we're the only ones. But believe believe me, we sat there and watched. Nice. Um, Leo. We talked last week that Canada hasn't been to the Olympics since 2000. Um, it's It's been a long drought. The hope is to get there to 2021. Can you handicap this this last gasp um, Olympic qualifying tournament? It's, you know, we're, we're almost a year away from Victoria, but does Canada have a chance to get there this time? 100%. Uh, but again, let's put two things, put in perspective. Who's available? That means contracts, injuries, uh, all that stuff. Who's available? The guy, and, and the misconception is, and we, we always heard this, guys don't want to play. Guys all want to play. But it depends on your life at the time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this it's a big commitment to play. You guys have made it. It's not easy, and there's always risks and the whole bit. So, you know, who's available, number one? And two, I don't think NBA players are going to be playing. I, I think we're. I think there's going to be. We're we're still going to be in this whole pandemic bubble, everything, and I do not see NBA players. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think there'll be conflicting schedules with the NBA. Wow. Mm. So you're suggesting that the NBA schedule might overlap yep. the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. I just I think mean, there's too much, too many variables right now, and yeah, I think we'll so. be seeing second tier, uh, non NBA. Uh, if there is an Olympics uh, competition, so you could have an, Olymp- an NBA playoffs going on at the same time mm. as an Olympic. Yeah, and uh, and, and, and even if it's a second tier, I think Canada is in better position than it's ever <laughs> yeah. been nice. uh, because of the amount of talent we have. So mm-hmm. I, I'd still handicap it in a good way. Okay. Well, we're uh, we're almost at the end here. How about a couple of quick words? We've we've had Mr. Leo Routens here, Andy's dad, Shep's coach, my mentor in, in the broadcasting industry. Um, it's been pretty awesome to have you here to, to talk to you. And, uh, you know, what do you think about your guys as broadcasters? They're coming, we're coming hey, for your I'm, job. I'm proud of these dudes, man. It's, uh, like I said, I'm humbled for all the nice things you said. But, uh, you know, uh, watching Shep on the, on the CBC games, I was impressed, doing a good job. And, you know, just like he was as a player, he wants to be better. Mm-hmm. He wants to be good. He's asking questions. He's doing it, right? And and, and that's great to see because that's what it's all about. you got to want to do it. And, uh and Andy playing around and, and, and checking out the podcasts and uh, doing the work ahead of time. It's great to see. It's uh, I'm proud of both of these guys. And uh, you know, you know what? It's uh, you could be you could talk about everything they do. All right, but the people they are is what makes them both special. Mm-hmm. There you go. Nice spoken like spoken like a dad, right. a big brother, and a, a general general overall. Just amazing dude. Leo Routens, thank you for uh, doing the podcast today, and thank you for being, honestly, a, a huge influence on, on all of our lives. So well, I apologize for that, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to wrap it up. For Shep, for AR, Andy Routens, and our brilliant producer, Dan Wong, thank you for tuning in to Episode 4 of Jim Rats and Joints. We will be back next week. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.